Good morning. It's Thursday, November the 2nd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin today with our prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. We're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, The Comprehensive Confounding Mystery of Prayer and Faith. Our text is Acts chapter 12, verses 16 to 19. Hear now the word of the Lord. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him. The Word of the Lord. Now consider this. Today we continue our foray into the comprehensive yet confounding mysteries of prayer and intercession. James dies by Herod's sword. Peter is delivered by the saints' prayers. Something tells me, no matter how many times they celebrate Peter's deliverance, they will have a very hard time getting over James's death. Three things we want to avoid when our prayers aren't answered according to our expectations. Number one, we don't blame God. Number two, we don't blame the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of our prayers. And number three, we don't blame the efficacy of the faith of those for whom we are praying. So what do we do? We blame the battlefield. We blame the fog of war. We blame the chaotic, broken, fallen order of the corrupted creation. And we keep praying, pressing on with an ever-clarified understanding of our challenging reality on this side of the new creation. Here's the bottom line for those who persist in prayer. Number one, we will win many battles. Number two, we will lose some very difficult battles and suffer devastating losses. And number three, we will most often be left to wonder why some of our prayers are answered according to our expectations and others or not. I find it interesting how our apostolic storyteller, Dr. Luke, 
tells two Jesus stories in his gospel account no other gospel author includes. These two stories are respectively known as The Friend at Midnight and The Widow and the Unjust Judge. Both are stories of the need to persevere in prayer. This is Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 8. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. My take? A lot of times, when you are praying into a desperate situation, it is going to feel like no one is home and no one cares. That is not true. Your feelings will deceive you. Your faith must lead you. Desperation keeps asking. Determination keeps seeking. Dogged audacity keeps knocking. God has created a realm for divine human collaboration. It is called prayer and faith. On the one hand, prayer is so simple a child can grasp it. On the other hand, prayer is so complex and sophisticated, a seasoned saint can't fully comprehend it. Maybe this is why it takes two hands, and why we often fold our two hands together when we pray. Here's Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 5, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. My take? Jesus draws stark contrast here as though to say, God is nothing like that judge. And you are nothing like that widow. God is the judge, all right, but he's your good father. You are not a helpless widow, but an empowered, beloved son or daughter with full standing and profound authority. Still, in difficult seasons, it will feel like God doesn't care and you have no power. Don't trust that feeling. Lean into faith. Wake up, rise up, kneel down, never give up, never give in. 
never give way. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Did you catch the three-word call to action in these last verses? Day and night. Who cry out to him day and night. It's one of the lesser emphasized things I love about this story of Peter. All of it happened in the middle of the night. Peter was awakened by the angel in deep sleep. But guess who wasn't sleeping? The church. Many people, the scripture tells us, had gathered at the home of Mary, the mother of John, to set up shop as a house of prayer for Peter. As they incessantly knocked on the doors of heaven, the doors of the prison sprung open, and deep in the darkness of the midnight hour, guess who showed up knocking on their door? But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Let's pray our prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. And our question, how, how do these two Jesus stories from Dr. Luke, the friend at midnight and the widow and the unjust judge, encourage your heart, strengthen your mind, and embolden your faith when it comes to prayer, the battlefield, and the comprehensive confounding mystery of it all? Journal that out today. And for our hymn today, I think we've gotten a little out of sequence here. You know, I kicked myself a little bit 
yesterday thinking, why didn't we sing for all the saints on All Saints Day and save, we'll understand it better by and by for today? Well, no no use crying over spilled hymns, okay? We're going to sing for all the saints today as though it were yesterday, but it's today. And that's number 480 in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. For all the saints. It's one of the great hymns. 480. We're going to sing all six verses with gusto. For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Alleluia. Alleluia, thou wast their rock, their fortress, and their might, thou, Lord, their captain, in the well-fought fight, thou in the darkness drear their one true light, Alleluia, Alleluia. Oh, may thy soldiers, faithful, true, and bold, fight as the saints who nobly fought of old, and win with them the victor's crown of gold. Alleluia, alleluia. Oh, blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet all are one, in thee for all are thine, Alleluia, Alleluia. And when the strife is fierce, the warfare long steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. Alleluia. Alleluia. From earth's wide bounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl streams, 
in the countless host, singing to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen. That is the All Saints hymn of hymns for all the saints. So thanks for going that way, man. I, that's a it's challenging. There's all kind of rests in there and sustained notes. And I don't really read music. I just remember it from singing it. Yeah, we went for it, guys. At least I did. I think I heard you out there going for it, too. This entry today, this is something I've reflected over for a long time. Only I had the epiphany this time. I'd never seen this before. You know, as we're reading Acts, and of course, Luke, the doctor, is the author of Acts. And it's interesting how these two stories about prayer, these two teachings of Jesus, Luke is the only gospel writer who includes those in his gospel. I just kind of wonder, you know, he's got all this, he's getting all the story of Acts, and he's seeing all these different kinds of things unfold, and I just wonder if that inspired him, if the Spirit inspired him to include those because of what he actually saw happening on the ground, you know, as the gospel was unfolding. He's seeing miraculous answers to prayer. He's seeing tragic sort of like, what happened there? James, really? He's dead? He's just seeing it all, just like we do, okay? We see it all. We see answered prayer. We see what feels like unanswered prayer. And those two stories just have in common that really, in the battlefield, it's going to feel like nobody's home. It's going to feel like nobody's listening. It's going to feel like nobody cares at times, but that's not true. We can't be led by those feelings. We got to be moved by faith because faith is what moves God. It's just an interesting, that whole divine human collaboration of prayer and faith. We'll never fully grasp it, but I think it pleases him when we try to kind of get a handle and understand better so that we can dig in deeper. We got to stay at it, friends. My Father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. But you've made it a den of thieves, he said. I'm convinced if it's not that house, we're robbing the people of the world of the blessing. Guys, hit the fields. We got to sow. I'll see you out there. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.